If you got your Bibles, would you open them to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? And we're going to start in verse 12. But before we do, today I'm going to be speaking on a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Oh, I got one amen. I'm going to be speaking about a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Amen. And before I read this verse, I'm going to be honest, I don't. To my recollection, I, I, I don't preach much from the book of Thessalonians, but uh, about two months ago, I came across this verse, and I've just been meditating on it. And it just fit for this week because we're going into Thanksgiving, and honestly, I'm kind of using it as an excuse to preach this verse because it's so powerful. And uh, let's read it. <laughs> I, I, you. I'm going to go into it, but I'm just, I'm just, how many love his word? I'm just so thankful for his word this morning. Uh, I just love his word. Verse 12. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them barely highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, Warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. And here's our key verses uh, for today. Verse 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. Okay, but here, here's what hit me so hard when I was reading this. Paul lists these things. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. He says, for this, and the page is blown away, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You may be seated. You know, what really struck me about this verse uh, is when, when, when Paul said, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The reason why this hit, because I know in my own life, one of the most common prayers and one of the things that I saw was, God, what's your will for me? Anybody with me? As a pastor, when I have conversations with people, that's one of the number one prayer requests and discussions. It's one of the best discussions. What's God's will for me? And can, can I tell you what I've really been meditating on is this, is that sometimes while we're waiting on the big picture to show up, we're overlooking the basic commands of scripture. And can I tell you this? I don't care what you're called to do today or what you're called to or what your gift is, or what your talent is, or what your ministry is. Guess what? Guess what the will of God for you is? I know that you would rejoice always. Say always. Always. That you would pray without ceasing. And that in everything, give thanks. I'm amazed at the simplicity of it. Because this verse is simple, okay? But how many know it's simple, but it's difficult to live? Just being real. Because I've been challenged when reading this verse because when I read it, I'm like, okay, rejoice always. And and just being honest with you, and maybe you can relate to me, I rejoice often. 
but not always. Not yet anyway, right? Pray without ceasing. I love prayer. I pray a lot, but I'm not, I'm not yet there, Paul. I'm not praying. I'm not yet there where I can say that I am always praying without ceasing. But the one I really felt the most challenged about is the third one. He says, in everything, give thanks. Someone say that with me. Say, give thanks. Now, Paul didn't say, give thanks for everything. He said, give thanks in everything. We're going to talk about that. But in scripture, there are certain commands that are repeated more than others. For example, the, the, the number one command in terms of repetition that is repeated the most throughout the entire Bible is do not fear. Did you know that? Of all the commands in scripture, the, the one that's repeated the most is do not fear. But right up there in terms of repetition, guess what some of the, the most repeated commands are? Rejoice, praise the Lord, and would you imagine, give thanks. Someone say give thanks. Now this is powerful not only for us, but I'm gonna, I was thinking about this this week, that it's powerful for us because I think sometimes our culture is working against us in terms of being thankful. Now, just bear with me. Please don't take what I'm about to say as negative because I'm an American too. Amen? How many know we're all Americans? But I was thinking about how odd is it that we have a holiday where we give thanks. And then that very night... We rush out and fight and trample over people to buy more stuff. Now, now just, <laughs> just so you know, I'm not shaming anybody because uh, I'll probably be shopping this weekend as well. I mean, be a good steward, right? I mean, if there's good deals, go get them. I, although I will tell you this. Uh, I'm not really into Black Friday. I'm into Cyber Monday because I can shop in my pajamas on my computer. But no, but seriously, I was just thinking about this. Imagine you're from another country and you're looking in and, you know, Thanksgiving is so big in America. But the biggest sh shopping day begins that, that very night. And have you noticed that it, it, it's... They've bumped up the time. Remember, remember when we used to eat Thanksgiving and then you'd go at midnight? But now it's like, then they started opening the doors at 11. Then they started opening the doors at 10. Then they started opening the doors at 9 and 8. And now it's like, they're just like, eat and come straight here. Be thankful, but be thankful for like five minutes and go get more. And I, obviously I'm being, you know, funny. There's nothing wrong with the products. You, you hear my heart this morning. There's nothing wrong with the products. But in a culture of consumerism, we can get so caught up in what's next, what's more, what, I, I, what's the I mean, how many of you feel that pressure that you, need the, you have to have the latest model of this or that or that? I mean, Apple, they're geniuses at that, where, to where you actually start to feel lack instead of Thanksgiving. I have no problem. I love, hey, we all love shopping. We all love product. No, no problem. I have no problem with capitalism, markets, products. But I think sometimes it works against us 
in terms of making us feel like we're lacking something. It's because it's hard to be thankful while you feel a while you're feeling lack. Are you with me this morning? Just to lighten the mood and prove my point just a little bit, let's show that clip. Just to the lighten Black the mood. Friday frenzy, an estimated 116 million shoppers hitting the stores. Bedlam in the aisles of some of the nation's biggest retailers. Shoppers fighting over garments at this Victoria's Secret in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Deep discounts triggering a free-for-all. Bargain hunters at this Georgia Walmart wrestling over pots and pans. The commotion veering out of control at an Alabama mall. Shoppers scrambling for safety as gunfire rings out. ABC's Gio Benitez starting us off. Tonight, those doorbuster deals at times creating chaos. Look at this crush of shoppers in a Chattanooga Victoria's Secret pink store. The stampede over Sherpa jackets, people seen shoving each other, one sales rep climbing on a table to escape the crowd. <laughs> How many know that we've got to keep the thanks in Thanksgiving? <laughs> right? Um, and, and let me say this, Thanksgiving is such a big deal. And, and a lot of times, you know, Thanksgiving is obviously a holiday that came out of um, uh, our nation's history and, and, and different things like that. But I, I would argue that actually the theme of Thanksgiving is one of the most biblical things that we do all year. And so what I want to talk about is I want to talk about living a lifestyle of Thanksgiving. Is that okay this morning? And I think... You know, me and you have a tremendous challenge on our hands because we serve a, uh, a good challenge. We serve a God that's generous. How many of you know that God wants to bless your life? And so one of, one of our challenges as believers, and it's a, it's a great challenge, is how do we learn to walk in blessing while maintaining a posture and an attitude of thanksgiving? Amen. It's, it's, it's a good challenge to have because how many of you know that as sons and daughters, by, by definition, this is a gospel of inheritance? Oh, I, I could get a better amen than that. How many know that this is a gospel of inheritance? The, Jesus talks about how the Father will freely share all things with us. Someone say all things. And, and, but, but the challenge is, 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 is not to slip into an entitlement mentality where we lose the attitude of thanksgiving. Amen? All right. We're really quick, and I'm going to do this really quick, and then I'm going I'm to preach the last five or ten minutes or so. But really quick, I, w- I want to I show you how thanksgiving actually develops in the scriptures. Okay, you ready to go on a little journey really quick? Amen? I'm going to throw out quite a few scriptures, but we'll, we'll do this quick. So the old t- in the Old Testament... The word for Thanksgiving is kind of tricky to translate because the word that's used in Hebrew is the word yada, and it literally is translated sometimes as thanksgiving, other times it's translated as praise. And sometimes it's actually hard to distinguish in the Hebrew language because the words are so similar. And I do think that there is a difference between thanksgiving and praise. But the scriptures make it abundantly clear as this. Here's what we do know. Wherever there's thanksgiving, there will be praise. And wherever there's praise, there will be thanksgiving. Are you with me? Um, now, 
But early on in Israel's history, even in early on in the book of Genesis, you don't see much about Thanksgiving or offerings of Thanksgiving. It wasn't until Israel was in the wilderness that God actually, in the sacrificial system, he institutes what's known as an offering of thanks or an offering of Thanksgiving. All right. This was a a offering that was distinct from the sin and guilt offerings. It was a subcategory and it was ordained to express gratitude to the Lord. Amen. So in, in the sacrificial system, you had the guilt offerings, the peace offerings, the sin offerings, all of those things. But God actually instituted another one and it was just for the sake of giving thanks to the Lord. And that's why, uh, Later on in Psalms 107, David says this, Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And David says this in verse 22, Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. So it's with this sacrifice of mind that David says that. David was very familiar with this sacrifice and David was uh, urging his readers to offer this to the Lord. Are you with me this morning? Psalms uh, 104 tells us this. Enter into his, this is one of the ones we're familiar with. Enter into his gates with what? Come on, say like you had breakfast. Enter in his gates with what? And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. It's really in the book of Psalms that what Thanksgiving is and not only what it is, but the importance of it really begins to take shape because Thanksgiving is talked about in the book of Psalms more than any other book. Amen. You know why this is important to me is, did you know that of when Jesus was walking the earth in his ministry, Jesus would often quote the old Testament. Am I right? Do you know that he quoted the book of Psalms more than any other book? And the book of Psalms was the book that Jesus would pray. And the book of Psalms is incredible because of the insight and the revelation that David have. And it's it's in 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 this amazing book that David and the other authors, they really develop what Thanksgiving is and the power of it. Amen? But here's what I love. So... We see it all throughout the Old Testament. And and before I move on to the New Testament, let me mention this. This was so important to David. How many remember the story of when the Ark of the Covenant was brought from uh, the house of, uh, make sure I say his name right, (laughs) Obed-Edom. It's a mouthful. Remember when David took the Ark from his house and brought it to Jerusalem. And all along the way, Every, every so often, David would have them stop and offer sacrifices to the Lord. Amen? And when the, when the Ark of the Covenant got to Jerusalem, David, it's, it's there in First Chronicles chapter 16. Go and read it. The whole theme of that chapter, once they got the Ark there, David threw a big Thanksgiving party. And he said, he said I want everyone to sing and praise and let's thank God. And there David launches into a huge, it's actually called a Psalm of Thanksgiving. That's why he says, when we come into his gates, before we even get to praise, we start with what? Thanksgiving. All right, now track with me. Now, here's what I love, though. In the New Testament, 
it goes to a whole nother level in my opinion. Not only is that, is that pattern or is that established, the writers of the New Testament over and over and over again emphasize this theme of thanks and thanksgiving, especially the Apostle Paul. Consider this, Thessalonians 5, the verse we read, pray without ceasing in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ. Colossians 3, 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right? Even when Paul was writing to the church, he would say things like this. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which is given to you by Christ Jesus. Not only is Paul saying, hey, do everything with thanks. Not only is he saying, in everything, give thanks for this is God's will. Even in his introductions to his letters. He's saying, I love how he writes to each church because you can really feel his heart. Because how many of you know that when Paul would establish these churches, when he, would, when he left, his heart was still with him. And you could hear it in the letter because he would say, I thank God for you always in my prayers. Even though Paul may have went on to another place, he carried them here. Then he says again in Ephesians, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Isn't that amazing? And so I was, I was piecing some of this together this week because how many of you think the Apostle Paul is a pretty incredible person? I find myself seriously so inspired by this man because he did so much in a short period of time. He was so focused. You, but if we were to hone in and say, okay, what were some of his daily practices? I mean, we know he loved to preach the gospel, but what was some of the secret sauce? What was the secret sauce? Well, we know that the Apostle Paul loved to pray in the spirit because he said so humbly, I pray in tongues more than you all. (laughs) Right? The the Apostle Paul loved to pray in the spirit. That was one of his uh, great keys to his ministry was praying. We know he loved to preach. But you know what? You know what shows up over and over and over and over again in his letters is this idea of giving thanks to the Lord. It's no wonder that even when Paul finds himself in a, in a Philippian jail, it says at the midnight hour, come on, say, how many, how many of you thinking about that Fred Hammond song right now? It's just playing in my head. In the midnight hour, Paul and Silas began to sing praises to the Lord. And it, it, it doesn't mention Thanksgiving explicitly in that scripture, but I guarantee you, if we were to lean our ear into that prison, in that song that they were singing, they were thanking and praising God. But you know what? That was nothing new for him. He didn't just decide one day, hey, I'm in jail. Uh, this is a good idea. Let's just thank God. No, Paul was doing what he normally does, even in the most difficult situation, because he had already built a lifestyle. This, was, this is something Paul always did. Up there with everything else he did, everything was about giving thanks to God. Oh, this is so, it's so simple, but it's so, so good. But here's what I want to say today. I also believe in in Jesus' ministry, 
Jesus also modeled for us the importance of Thanksgiving. And it was often, it was sometimes, I think, the secret to some of his miracles. Okay, for the sake of time, um, I'm only going to do a snippet. But basically, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospel, when Jesus is feeding the, the multitude, it, it says 5,000 men. But how many know that those men had women and uh, families, right? Uh, had women and children. So probably at least 15,000 to 25,000 people. 5,000 men, but there's a lot more people there. How many know that? Amen? And in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospel, it says this. And when he had taken the loaves, this is Mark chapter 6. When he had taken the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and he blessed and he broke the loaves. And he gave it to his disciples to set before them and the two fish he divided among them all. But here's what I love. And if you, if you, if you have ever talked to me, you know I have, a, I have a, uh, a bias towards John's gospel always. Because John does not mention all the miracles like the other uh, gospels. As a matter of fact, John mentions only, about, only a, uh, I think, seven or eight miracles total in the whole book. He picks his, his favorite ones. And in his retelling of this story, they all tell the same story. But in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they say Jesus lifted up and it says he blessed it. But John tells us that Jesus prayed a specific kind of prayer. Are you with me? Let's go to uh, John chapter 4. I mean, John chapter 6, verse 4. It says, now the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But, he, but this he said to test them, for he himself knew what he would do. Right? Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, and every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? So one of the disciples comes to Jesus and says, okay, here we got five loaves and two fishes. But then right after he tells Jesus, he goes, it doesn't even matter because it's not enough. (laughs) And I love, I love how Jesus, <laughs> I can just picture it in my head. This next, it says, then Jesus said, make the people sit down. You can always tell when he's about to teach us something. Go get the, go fill the water pots. How many water pots do you have? Okay, go fill them. After they've done their talking, okay, make them sit down. And this is what Jesus does. He says, now there was much grass in the place, so... Men, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And listen what it says in verse 11. I love this. And when Jesus took the loaves, and the Bible says, and when he had given thanks, he began to distribute. As Jesus gave thanks, the miracle happened. Okay. I just want this to hit home today. As Jesus did one of the greatest miracles he's ever done, it was when he lifted up and he gave thanks. Now, in this situation, I, I, like, like, like many situations, I don't 
judge the disciples harshly because they didn't do anything, I don't think, intentional. And I certainly don't think they, they, they meant to. But they talked, like always, they talked themselves right out of a miracle. And Jesus thanked his way into a miracle. Because here's the thing. Jesus was operating at a different mindset. Someone say mindset. You know, pastor for years has been telling us if you can change your what? You can change your world. Uh, Paul in Philippians 2, he says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. How many know that as your mind is renewed, you start to think differently? So while the others saw lack, Jesus saw provision. <laughs> you see, Thanksgiving is in the kingdom. Thanksgiving is not logical. Are you with me this morning? In other words, this Thanksgiving is not logical in the kingdom because you see in the natural, if I give you a Corvette, right? Of course, you're going to thank me. Everyone can do that. But who thanks God when they have little? Who thinks God, who, who, like, who in their right mind is thanking God while you're chained up in prison and the flesh is hanging off your back because you just took a beating? Who thanks God after you were shipwrecked and just and, and almost lost your life? I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying now? In the kingdom, Thanksgiving's not logical because, because we give God thanks in situations that don't even seem like they're much to give thanks about. In the kingdom, we give God thanks when there's little, when it's tough, when we're in circumstances that, that don't look like they're praiseworthy. Because here's why. When your mind is renewed, you see things differently. And Jesus thanked God when his provisions were small. So he, he, he gave thanks when other people could only see lack. Because here's what I wrote down. Thank, thankfulness is an intentional attitude and it's an outlook that doesn't focus on lack, but on the goodness of God in every situation. And I asked myself this question. Could the lack of increase in my life sometimes be to the, to the, because of the lack of my thanksgiving? Because here's what I believe. Thanksgiving and thankfulness actually makes room for increase. See, I, I, believe, in the, the, I believe in the declaration of I'm going to thank God in advance. I believe in that. Thank him in advance. Hallelujah. Amen. But until we can lift up what we have, until we can be thankful for the level or the level of provision or the level of whatever this represents, until we can be thankful for this, we can't be trusted with more. It's the same thing with giving. One of the things that I'm, I'm I'm amazed at is that people think sometimes that, oh, I can't give right now. I'll give when I have more. No, you won't. You know why? Because the same reasons we don't give at this level will be the same reasons we don't give at this level. If you can't thank God right now with what you have, what you're going through, the circumstances you're in, you won't be thankful then. I promise you. You know why? Because life will still happen there. Are you with me this morning? I I actually believe this. I believe Thanksgiving is one of the keys that unlocks the supernatural. God is drawn to Thanksgiving. 
I started to really think about this. I'm, I started to kind of, piece, that's how I do. I like to piece the Bible together in my mind. And I'm thinking, oh my God, all along, you, you're, you're, thought, you're drawn to people who are thankful. And I truly believe this. Until we can be thankful, we cannot be trusted to steward more. So what's the, what, what, what's the opposite? What, what usually takes the place of thanksgiving? And here's what's so amazing about what Jesus did in John chapter 6 and as well as the other gospels. Is he feeds the 5,000 5, or the 20,000 or however many are there. And the Bible says that Jesus literally had to go, literally he had to go escape for a while. Because they were so impressed with the miracle. Jesus knew that they were going to try to make him king right there. In other words, they were so impressed with this miracle. Jesus said I, I, he had to withdraw because they were going to try to forcefully make him the king of Israel in that moment. But his promotion couldn't come that way. So Jesus retreats and then the next day the crowd is looking for him. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? So Jesus begins to teach. But they don't like what he's saying. <laughs> They were into the miracle, but not what he's saying. And you know what it says in verse 41? It says, then the Jews complained about him. Because he said, I, see, Jesus said, I fed you with bread. He said, but I'm, I am the bread from heaven. And they were so offended at that. It says they began to complain. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Whose father and mother we know. How is it that he says I have come from heaven. Basically complaining set in. And, and as I'm reading this. I can't help but thinking. Man this sounds so familiar. This is, a, this is a redo of the children of Israel. Where God takes them out of Egypt. Imagine being in Egypt. And God supernaturally delivers you. From, the, from, from oppression. With the most amazing things that anyone has ever seen. Brings you out in 75 days. Someone say 75 days. 75 days later. They literally are saying in Exodus 16. We should have stayed in Egypt. But you know what? God is so good. That even when they complained to Moses about bread and meat. You know what God said? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed you with manna. I'm going to give you quail meat. God was so good that even while they were complaining, he still was faithful. Because see, that's how God is. He'll, he'll tolerate stuff. Because he's, what he's doing is, with his kindness, the Bible says he leads us to repentance. With his kindness, he's drawing us into maturity. But it got to a point in Numbers 11 where God was fed up. This is what he said in Numbers 11. It says, now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. Someone say it displeased him. Thanksgiving pleases the Lord. Complaining displeases him. And you'll find actually in the New Testament, just as many commands as there are about being thankful, the apostles say, avoid complaining. Basically, I'm going to paraphrase. Avoid it at all costs. You know why? Complaining leads to unbelief. Unbelief leads to disobedience. There were three real reasons that Israel could not enter the promised land. Number one, 
because, they, because of their unbelief, the Bible says. Okay, their unbelief. Number two, they were disobedient. And then number three, they were murmuring and complaining. And I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, if God inhabits our praises, who inhabits our complaining? I'm preaching to myself this morning. We're usually either thank being, we're usually either thanking or complaining. And we're all human. We're all going to complain. But what's going to be the uh, dominant default setting? Is is my default setting to give God thanks? Or is my default setting to when things don't go how I think they should go? Or I find myself in a difficult situation. What is my default setting? Do I go straight to complaining? Or do I go to thanksgiving? (laughs) I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to myself. Because here's what the Bible is clear. You can never complain your way into the will of God. You can only thank your way into it. And here's, this hit me so strong. This is one of my life verses, Philippians 4. Check this out. Philippians 4 verse 6. This is what the apostle Paul says. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With what? Come on, somebody. With let your requests be made known to God. You know what I realized even in the past few months just meditating on this. I certainly thank God, but not as much as I should. And how many times has my prayers actually sound like complaining because I left out Thanksgiving? Because sometimes I can get so caught up in what I need. But here's the thing. He's so good. He'll still answer those prayers. But what if I was faithful and what if you and I were faithful to add that piece right there with Thanksgiving? Someone say with Thanksgiving. And if you think about it, this is what Jesus did in John chapter six when he lifted that bread to the Lord. He was making a request, right? It's, it's, it's kind of amazing. This whole thing is it's hard to wrap your mind around because he is God. But the Bible says that he emptied himself, right? So when I, when I look at Jesus, check, this is, this is how I believe. As I watch Jesus live, he's showing me what it looks like to be fully submitted to God so that we could follow his example. Because he emptied himself to become tempted in every manner like us, right? In other words, he, he, when, he, when he did miracles, he did it as a person submitted to God. To where he even had to make requests. Even though he was God. So Jesus is, when he prayed this prayer, he, he has a need. God, I, I need you to multiply this food. But what did Jesus do? He exercised Philippians 4. He lifted it up. And with thanksgiving, thanking, with thanking God... I, he said, I, I'm thanking you, God. And I, he, he prayed a prayer of thanksgiving. And it's in that context that God multiplied it and a miracle took place. Even, even the son of God is, 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 is giving his prayers in thanksgiving. Okay. So I want to close with three, these three application points. Are you with me this morning? This is three things to live by in terms of thanksgiving. Number one. 
we are always thanking God first and foremost because of who he is. How many know that, that if you're having a hard time finding something to be thankful for, just look up at him. See, you know what I've, what I've found in the scriptures is that he removed all of my excuses to not be thankful. Because in every situation, he's still who he is. So I'm, I'm, we're constantly thanking him, number one, because of who he is. That's what Thanksgiving is primarily about. How many know that first and foremost, Thanksgiving, before he does anything, Thanksgiving is primarily about who he is. Number two, Thanksgiving is is about learning to thank him for what I have right now. I may need more. Amen. What I have may not be enough to complete my assignment. What I have now may not be enough to build that vision. What I have now may not be everything I need, but you know what? I've got to learn to be thankful for what I have right now. I've got to learn how to, because if, if, if I don't, I'll oftentimes miss the miracle. Because see, very, very few times in scripture does God go outside of what's already there to do miracles. When he needed to use Moses and he needed an instrument, he says, Moses, what's in your hand? A staff. Okay, let's use that staff. Throw it down. Give it to me. He, Moses gives a staff. God gives it back. Miracles happen with that thing, right? The, 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 uh, the prophet who comes to the widow. And, and, and when God does the miracle of multiplication of her, God doesn't tell her to go buy more. He says, we're going to use what you have. And when Jesus went to do the miracle that day, he didn't say go buy. He goes, no, what do we have? This is enough to give God thanks. And as he gave God thanks, God, God multiplied it. And the principle is this, is that we've got to learn to begin to give God thanks for what we have. You know, I've had to learn this in ministry. Like, like if I, like, you know, one of my greatest passions is seeing lost people to come to Christ. And although my heart may be to see hundreds or thousands, guess what? I've got to thank God when one person or two people, if, if I can't be thankful for one person coming to the Lord, why, why would the Lord entrust me with a thousand or two thousand or three thousand or more? If I love to see miracles, if I can't God, thank God for the miracle he's already done and the miracle he's doing in front of me, why would God bring increase? See, because if God, if you have a, if you have a mustard seed, you've got to see the mustard tree and you've got to thank God for the seed, right? You've got to thank God for what you have because he's going to work with what you have. He's going to add it and multiply it. And number three, the scriptures make it clear that we are to thank him in all things. So at the beginning, we talked about that. There are some things you can't be thankful for. But you can be thankful in them. I'll give you an example. If you're here today, and this is this is was on my heart this morning to encourage you. If you're here today and you're facing an illness, a sickness, or a disease, does God want you to be thankful for that illness? No. It didn't come from Him. You don't have to be thankful for it, but you can be thankful in it. Are you with me? So we're constantly thankful for him, 
We're thankful for what we have, but we're also thankful in every situation, even if the situation isn't from God. Because how many know the sickness, disease, and illness is not his will? So don't thank God for something that's not his will. You know what? Okay, if, if you find yourself in that place, don't thank him for the illness. Thank him for your healing. Thank him for his deliverance because that's the peace that's for you. So, you. so you may be going through something that you can't be thankful for, but you can be thankful in it. And it invites God to intervene. Today, you may be facing some difficult financial situations. Are you going to thank God for debt? No, but you can thank him in it. You may be facing what seems to be like an impossible amount of debt or financial chaos. What are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to say, thank God for it? No, you're not going to thank God for the debt because debt debt is not his will. But you know what you can do? In the middle of being in that situation, you can say, God, I'm going to be thankful in the situation. Because guess what? You're still Jehovah Jireh. You could be facing some amazingly difficult family situations. Are you going to thank God that your family's being destroyed? No, you can't. Why? Because he didn't do it. Don't be thankful for that, but be thankful in it that God can heal and restore and he's still God. Even if you've been done wrong, even if people have lied about you, even if you're facing situations that it had nothing to do with your actions, just stuff is happening. Guess what? Even in that place, the Bible command, it's not even a suggestion. It's commanded, even though it's not from God in everything give thanks in everything give thanks because what you're doing is this is that you're getting uh, your eyes what we're doing is we're getting our eyes off the circumstances it's not about who's at fault or who did what it's getting our eyes off of our circumstances and onto the person who's faithful and good and it's what it is is thanksgiving is a lens it's an outlook that looks for the goodness of God Amen. Would you stand with me across the room? I've ran out of time. I'll give you, just as I close, I'll give you a personal example. Before we had our beautiful daughter, Mila, who I heard crying earlier, that if you heard a baby crying, that was my baby. So that's why I wasn't mad. <laughs> Just kidding. No, um, before we had Mila, we had, um, a, my wife had a previous pregnancy that ended in a miscarriage. And it was extremely painful because we had already had so much emotion attached to it. And I remember I, I wept for days and, and, and if you've been through it, you know, because it doesn't matter how common miscarriages may be, it doesn't make it any less painful. And I remember reading Philippians 4 when I was going through that. And because right after he says that, he says, and the God of all peace will guard your heart. You know, he goes into what will happen. And he says, whatever things are pure, whatever things are noble, whatever things are good. And so what, what I was doing during that time, I was, I was giving the Lord my pain. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna trust you with it. And, and I'll never forget that one day I was in prayer and just the Lord just kind of gave me such peace because he said, you know, your child is with me. 
And it was, it, it, I, I remember I was, I was, I was uh, praying and I was reading Philippians 4. And I'll be honest with you, I never would have thought that, how could I ever give thanks in a situation like that? And even though it hurts so bad, I thank God that at least my child is with the Lord. Even in that, I thanked him that he knew. He knew. One day I'll see that child with, with, with the Lord. And, and, it's, and I'll never forget, like, that brought such peace to me that, you know, out of that tragedy, I was at least thankful that, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I was thankful that that brought me such comfort that you got, you got them. And, and I would have never thought that I could find anything to be thankful for in a situation like that. But by the end of that, as God began to heal us, and of course, you will always carry those kind of things with you. But I'm thankful. I've, I've begun to finally start to learn this lesson that truly in everything we can be thankful because if you look close enough somewhere the goodness of God is there or if it's not good it's God's not done does that make sense even in the most difficult circumstance amen I'm going to invite our altar, altar, uh, altar counselors and prayer. Uh, sorry, I'm reliving that. But I want to call us all down to the front because I want us to close out how we normally do, all of us here together. And I want to pray some specific prayers this morning over us. So would you please join me? it would be appropriate just let's solidify this message today can we can we leave today make this altar this altar is about offering the lord a sacrifice of thanksgiving would you lift your hands with me i want to pray for you of course number one that we would all have this revelation that we can that we can give thanks today because he is god and he is good and he will always be amen but if you're facing a situation where you need a miracle and maybe it seems like there's lack or there is lack in your life, I, I want to I challenge us and encourage us today that one, that one of the keys to breakthrough is saying, God, I may not have everything I need, but you know what? Right now, I'm going to be thankful. You know, right now, I just felt this. My family may not all be together, but God, I'm thankful for the family that is together. Everything may not be pieced together in my life, but you know what? I want to thank you that some things are pieced together and you're working out other things. Come on. Does anyone have the five loaves and the two fish? Do you have the equivalent of that in your life? Something that you can just lift up to the Lord and say, God, I, I need more and I need you to do more. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to thank you right now before I see the end picture, before I see the final result. I'm going to thank you for the season I'm in, for what you've given me. And I want to I pray for, if you're in this room 
this morning and you're facing sickness or illness, if that's you, could, could you just slip up your hands? See that? And I, I just want to release a, a prayer of thanksgiving for your healing. Is that okay? Father, we thank you. We know we can know for certainty that this is not your work. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Bible says that by your stripes, we are healed. You don't send sickness and healing. You only heal. So, Father, we thank you that God, that we, although we are not thankful for our circumstance or this situation, God, we are thankful in it right now and declaring that you are our healer. You are able Father, by your, your word says that by your stripes we are healed. The fact may be that I'm sick, but the truth is that I'm healed. And Father, right now, I just thank you for being my healer, my provider. God, you are able. And I, Father, right now, I just release your healing balm in this, in this sanctuary, in, the, in your presence today, God. I thank you that as we give thanks for those in this room who are facing difficult financial uh, uh, situations, difficult family situations, if that's you, you don't got to lift your hands but could you could you say God it may look like chaos right now and there may be all kinds of stuff going on around me but right now in the midst of everything I'm just gonna offer up a sacrifice of thanksgiving because you know what you're worthy you're worthy you're good even when my circumstances aren't even when the people around me are acting crazy even when things are crazy God you're good and God I trust you I trust you. And so, Father, we thank you today. We thank you that we have a reason to rejoice. We have a reason to be thankful. And it's all because of you.